What's up, you guys? And welcome to the official podcast of Damien Talks Education. So listen up. I am here to talk about all things education on my podcast. So get prepared for some realness and honesty of education as I walk you down through various of topics that's happening in the education world with some amazing guests to sharing stories relating to education and so much more because I got you covered with education. So join me on this journey of education with me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Damien Talks Education. I'm Damien Anderson here. So let me get started with a new week, which means a new topic on today. So I'm going to be talking about what this has been on my mind, you guys, especially um, during this time that we are in, because we need to be focusing, most importantly, of course, our teachers, but we need to focus on our students, their well-being. I did an episode um, back talking about that, focusing on students' well-being in times of crisis. So check, check out that episode out there. But this episode right here is for students, specifically to students and teachers. But I mainly quite talk about students, okay? So today's topic is when students are traumatized, teachers are too, not just the students, teachers are as well. Now, I believe I talk about trauma back on my, po- on my first podcast that I have, Future Educators Talk, and I believe I quite did a, um, a snippet of talk about trauma on this podcast as well, Damien Talks Education, I'm not for sure. But I'm going to be talking about today when students are traumatized, teachers are too. So pay attention to what I have to say here. You may want to grab your piece of paper, journal, pen to jot some of this information down. Okay. So trauma in students' lives takes an emotional and physical toll on teachers as well, not just the students, like I mentioned. Now, experts they weigh in on the best way to cope with this for our students, okay? Now, Alyssa Ferguson Garcia remembers the day two years ago, um, and guys, this was like back in 2017 here, so it was 2017, so back in um, 2015, okay, when this happened here. Um, She ended in her, she ended in her making a call to Child Protection Protective Services. Now, one of her students walked into drama class that day with what Garcia thought of as a bad attitude and refused to participate in a script reading that the class, you know, that they was doing. Now, um, she says, I don't care if you had a bad day. Garcia remembers saying this in a frustration kind of a way. And she says, you still have to do some work. Now, 
all of a sudden, you guys, in the middle of class, in the middle of class time, the student, that student offered an explanation for her behavior, saying um, her mom's boyfriend had been, sexual, had been sexually abusing her. And after the shock had passed off, when, when she told them, she told this, the innocent provided opportunity for the class for the entire class and Garcia to provide the student with comfort and to cry, to just let it all out. Um, uh, this is what they do on the reel. The ladies, they always do caca to let everything go free. So that's what they, the teacher, is doing here. Just caca, let everything go free. Just let it all out. Let all your frustration, let everything come out, okay? Now, when Garcia first started teaching, she wasn't expecting the stories her students would share of, you know, of physical and sexual abuse, um, hunger, violence, and possibly, you guys, suicide. She, she, she wasn't ready for it. She wasn't expecting. She wasn't expecting those kind of stories from her students. Now, the stories seemed to haunt her all the way home, she asked, she says, um, recalling nightmares and sleepless nights spent worrying about her students all the time, 24-7, okay? They also dread up deep-seated memories of her own experience with abuse. So you guys, this is real, real life situations. Now, she says, when we're learning to be a teacher, you think it's just about lesson plans, you know, curriculum, 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 I can never say that word, curriculum, and, you know, seating charts. She says, I was blindsided by the emotional aspects of teaching, of learning, and I didn't know how to handle it at all. So, she was hurt by her students, by her students' pain. And it was hard for her to leave that behind when she went home. She, 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 she cared so much about her students. She couldn't think, you know, of all of this, you know, happening to her students. She wanted to do something about it. She just always worrying about it. Uh, of course, with all teachers, they worry about their students. But this teacher right here, just, you know, hearing these types of stories, she, she, she wasn't having it. She wasn't having it. Now, moving on to a section titled, The Real Cause of Trauma. Now, you guys, data shows that more than half of all of the U.S. children have experienced some kind of trauma in the form of, you know, abuse, neglect, violence, or challenging household um, circumstances. And get this, 35% of children have experienced more than one. They have experienced more than one type of traumatic events. Now, this is according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, the CDC. That's I follow them. You, you guys need to be, you guys. Um, before I, before I continue on with this topic here, I did a I did a special a preseason special edition on my first podcast feature, Educators Talk. And then I'll also talk about it um, in the season four promo of the new season. 
of talking about saying that everyone needs to follow the CDC guidelines of what they are providing to us. Not everyone is following them, you know, like, you know, you're supposed to wash your hands, maintain six feet distance, wear your mask, etc. People are not following you guys. They are not following what they are providing to us, the scientists, what they are providing to us to, you know, to make the coronavirus go away, to spread the coronavirus to make it go away because we don't want it. We want to help spread, get rid of it. And you guys, you need to follow the CDC guidelines. I, I recommend everyone to follow what they are saying to us. And, and if you don't follow them, that's fine. You know, you can find other news sources, whatever that, that, you, that you enjoy, that you watch, whatever that you, you know, are following. But I encourage everyone to follow it because they are giving us important facts about what we need to do to keep us, you know, to keep us safe. Don't you want to keep your loved ones safe and protected, the people around you? You don't want them to have COVID-19, the coronavirus. So we need to, what the, CD, what the CDC provides to us, their guidelines is to wash your hands. Wash your hands for 20 seconds, you guys, with soap and water. It is not that hard to wash your hands. It is not that hard. For 20 seconds, you guys, that's not even that long. It's just 20 seconds. If you could do other things around the house, and if you could do other things, you know, with whatever you're doing throughout your day, you could cook, you could clean, you could do whatever, you know, helping with your children, you know, make sure they are all right, whatever, helping your parents, you can at least, if, if you can do all those things, you guys, you can at least wash your hands every day for 20 seconds, and it's not that hard. So that's the first thing, is to wash your hands. The second is to wear your mask, folks. Um, I know right now um, in Tennessee, it is mandated for each Tennesseans to wear a mask, you know, going out in public, um, you know, whatever, you know, socializing. We must have our mask on, and I believe in also in other states they are mandated as well. So wear your mask, people. You know, you're going out in public. You do not, and they provide to us when we should wear our mask. I, sh I, I should have this provided to you guys, but search it up on the CDC, you know, C CDC um, website on their page because they have it all out. Um, of when should we wear our mask and when should we not like you should not wear your mask inside your home you know with you know with your relatives here you know siblings you, you don't need your mask on for that or you know into you know a car with you know with your loved ones if it's, if it's your loved ones you know your family you don't need to wear your mask but if you are in someone else's car then yes you need to wear your mask Going to the grocery store, yes, anywhere you go, to a restaurant, whatever, you need to wear your mask, okay? So that's number two. The last thing that I have is to, the six feet distant people, six feet distant, this is very important. You, we cannot be all close up onto one another. We cannot be, um, we, we just can't, I'm sorry. We cannot be all close up to each other. We have to maintain the six feet distance, okay? We have to, it's so very important. I'm not seeing people doing this outside. They're just not, and also around the world, they are not. What are you doing? You can't, we can't be, we can't. That's why 
that asks us, you know, to wear masks and stay, you know, apart from each other. You know, go to the grocery store, maintain the six feet distance. So that's all I have to say. Three things. Wash your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds. Um, wear your mask, you guys, in public, where, wherever you're going. And then also maintain the six feet distance. That's all I have to say. I cannot stress this enough. I really cannot. Uh, at this point, I'm about sick and tired of saying this every time that this comes, but it just comes up to me and I just have to share. So this is probably going to be the last time that I'm going to say it on this podcast here and on Future Educators Talk. This is the last time I'm going to say it. We, I keep on this podcast, I keep on trying to tell you guys, you know, Future Educators Talk, we keep on trying, we keep on trying you guys in some episodes to warn you guys about this but you don't want to listen to what we have to say because this this is this is you guys this is true they are they are providing these guidelines to us to follow so we have to try our best to follow them so that's all i'm not going to mention this again i'm not i'm just sick and tired of telling you so if you don't want to do it then so be with you so be it you, you want to have the coronavirus Go ahead, go ahead, get it, and spread it to your family members. Okay, so because you, you don't want to wear your mask, wash your hands, get away from people, that's on you. Um, but anyway, back to this topic here. Um, now, these avras, you guys, these adverse childhood experience, the ACE, they can have impact that extend far beyond childhood. Now, this includes bipolar risk for, for alcoholism, uh, liver disease, suicide, and other health problems later on in life. And as I just mentioned, you guys, I'm going to repeat this again, 30, it is 35, I believe I said 33, but 35% of children have experienced more than one adverse childhood experience. So you guys, this is something that we need to be worrying about, okay? We, we need to be worrying about this. Now, trauma in children often manifests outwardly, okay? It tends to, you know, go in different ways. Um, you know, affecting, you know, the kid's relationship in school and their interaction with others. Um, now, in schools, the signs of trauma may be seen in a student who is acting out in class. Okay, so so that's so that's a warning. That's one warning right there of, of one sign that you could see in your own classroom that a student who are experiencing you know of trauma, they are acting out in class. That is a sign of trauma right there. Okay, that you need to pay attention to. Don't ignore that student there. Pay attention. Um, or they could be you know more subsidized. You know, like failure, you know, like failure to make eye contact with one another or repeatedly, you know, tapping on you know, the desk or tapping. I know y'all can't hear on the foot. You know, this right here. If you are doing this, you need to be paying attention. Don't ignore that student because that student is, is dealing with something. If they are repeatedly doing that and tapping on their foot or whatever, acting out in class, you need to do something. You need to do something fast and quick 
to help that student, okay? Now, to learn more about how trauma impacts your students, um, I encourage you guys to read Brains and Pain Cannot Learn, okay? Brains, brains and Pain Cannot Learn. So I encourage you guys to read that, you know, to learn more about um, trauma impact on students. Now, moving on. Now, for teachers, listen up, teachers who are directly exposed to a large number of young people with trauma in their work, a secondary type of trauma known as the vigorous, the vigorous trauma is a big risk, okay? So you might want to drop that down, okay? Vigorous trauma, and I'm going to tell you guys what is that for the ones who do not know. So write that down before I begin talking again, okay? Vigorous trauma. Now, with this, sometimes, now sometimes it is called the cause of caring, but it is called vigorous trauma. Now, vigorous trauma can result from, I hope you got your pencils ready, it can result from hearing people's trauma stories and becoming witnesses to the pain of, you know, to the pain or the fear and the terror that trauma survivors have, have endured. Now, this is according to the American Counseling Association. This is where I found this information here. Vigorous trauma. Okay. Now, um, a teacher, Leanne, Miss Leanne Keck, who is a manager at Trauma at Trauma Smart, which is an organization that partners with schools and early childhood um, programs to help children and the adults in their lives navigate trauma. She says, being a teacher is stressful enough, it is, it is a stressful enough job. It is, it is. Um, I, I, well, I mean, I don't know personally because I'm not a teacher just yet, but I know that it is a stressful job, it is. But teachers are now responsible for a lot more things than just providing, you know, education, learning to their students, okay? And she also says, it seems like teachers have in some way become case workers, not care workers, not, you know, all that case workers. They get to know about their students' lives and the needs of their families. That's why I said, and talking about, I believe I mentioned this a couple episodes back, building relationships with your students, you guys, that is the key. That is the, especially during this time when school is, is about to start back up, you need to have a relationship with your students, whether it's, you know, in person or virtually, you need to have a relationship with your students, okay? getting to know their lives, their families, so on. Because like I mentioned, like I said, if you don't have a relationship with your students, you don't have the foundation with them, the support, the guidance, then it is going to be very rough and tough and difficult with you and that student because you don't have a relationship with them. Okay, they're not going to treat you probably right and so on because you don't have the physical relationship 
of that student. So I encourage all teachers to have a relationship with their students at the beginning of the school year, when school year is about to start. You know, start in the second week, okay? Because the first weeks give y'all time, you know, for instructions, you know, getting to know them, you know, getting to know you and so on, you know, what this class is about, et cetera. Then at the start of that second week and throughout the month of the school, of, of when school begins, start having, start having, start building relationships with your students, okay? Don't wait to do it quite in the middle of the school year or try to wait at the end of the school year because that is too late. That is too late. That is too late to start there. What are you thinking? What are you doing? So I encourage all teachers to build, to start building relations with their school year starting this year at the start of the school year, the beginning of that first month of school during the second week and throughout that first month, okay? especially during this time because your students need you they need you they miss you they miss their friends they miss the interaction you know in the classroom they miss all of that they miss you know recess you know um eating lunch you know with with their classmates with their friends they miss all of that they miss it so your students need you, like I mentioned, I believe in a couple of episodes back, your students need you more than ever than before, okay? They need you more than ever before. Now, um, now here's a quote right here. What else? Well, quite like a quote. And it says, when you're learning to be a teacher, you think it's just about let I." I mentioned this already, but I'm gonna read this again. When you're learning to be a teacher, you think it's just about lesson plans to, you know, the curriculum and seating charts, but you are blindsided by the emotional aspect of teaching and you don't know how to even handle edit at times, okay? Now, vigorous trauma affects teachers' brains, okay? Not, this is not just for students, uh, speaking to teachers as well, to students and teachers, okay? Now, vigorous trauma affects teachers' brains in much the same way that it can affect students, okay? Now, our brain, you guys, it emits a fear response, releasing excessive, um, excuse me, of constant and, and agile, Adrenaline, excuse me, that can increase, you know, heart rate, um, blood pressure, and respiration, <clears throat> and release a flow of emotion. Now, this biological response can manifest in mental and physical systems such as anger and headaches, or workplace um, behaviors like missing meetings, lightness, or a voting center or boring, you know, certain students at times. And now this, that these are what experts are saying. This is not from me, this is what experts I found. This is what experts say on this. Now, continuing on with this topic, yet many teachers are never explicitly taught on how to help students who have experienced trauma, you know, maybe, you know, in the past or, you know, possibly in the near future yet alone even possibly address 
the toll that it takes on their own health and their own being and their own personal lives. Now, we reach out to, um, you can, you know, we all reach out to trauma-informed experts and educators around the country to get more recommendations for in the moments of coping the strategies and preventive measures to help teachers process the vigorous trauma that they are experiencing okay now they also share their tips below these experts they share their tips below and i'm going to share you guys these tips here okay so i'm sorry about that um, moving on to talking it out now back to Miss Gasara Garcia, excuse me, who is now a teacher of eight years. Well, this was back, you guys. She's probably, you know, a more experienced teacher now. Um, says she's found that confiding in others, either a therapist, um, her boyfriend, or colleagues, helps her process students' trauma and her own emotion as well, okay? Um, now, connecting with colleagues to talk through and process experience can be um, inevitable for teachers coping with secondary trauma, according to um, Mercedes Kills who is an associate professor at the University of Chicago and the founder of the TREP project, which is a trauma-informed curriculum for urban teachers. Now, she says reducing professional isolation is very, very critical. It allows educators to see that others are struggling with the same issues, preventing the feeling, the feelings, that one struggles are due to are due to are due to incompetence. It makes one person aware of alternative strategies or working with families exhibiting challenging behavior. Okay. Now um, here's another quote I have. It doesn't serve anybody to pretend that we're teacher bods with no emotions, which you think sometimes teachers feel like they have to be, right? Now finding a wellness um, accountability buddy, a peer who you know agrees to support and keep you accountable to your wellness goals or using a professional learning community as a space to check up on, you know, to check in with other teachers around the world are also ways to get that support. Um, so this is great. This is great, great, great right here. Okay, now um, I want to, who, who says this was Alex Sherwin, who's a former school leader and teacher at Center Point School, um, who is a trauma-informed high school which is a, a trauma-informed high school in Vermont that, that issues that issues school-wide practices aimed to addressing students' underlying emotional needs. So I just want to point that out right there. Now, mentioning at Center Point, 
Time for a monthly wellness group where teachers, administrators, and school workers support each other on their personal well, ah, sorry guys, on their personal well wellness goals, like exercising and creating a work balanced life. Okay, a work life balance, I said that backwards, which is built into the professional development schedule. Now, staff also use in-service time to focus on taking care of their health together by hiking or biking or going to the gym or, you know, even learning to knit, you know, whatever, reading, whatever it is. Now, if, kind of, um, if you had one wish, for every school in the country, it would be, um, well this, I'm sorry, Alex, he said this, if he had one wish for every school in the country, it would be that they made time for teachers to really sit down, to really sit down and talk about how they are feeling in the work that they are in. Now, it doesn't serve anybody to pretend that we're teacher bots with no emotion. I just said this, which I think sometimes teachers feel like they have to be, okay? All right? Now, on to the next section, which is building coping strategies. Now, students affected by trauma can have combative personalities and learn which buttons to press and upset you in class. You're educators, you're probably agreeing with me, okay? This is what Garcia, Ms. Garcia said. Now, when a student acts out in class, you know, going back to that, when a student acts out in class, she takes a few deep breaths, which you should do. Take a few deep breaths. Um, she drinks coffee to calm herself down or goes or go to a different part of the classroom to help another student out, okay? Um, so, so that is what she does, okay? But I agree with her, take, you know, few deep breaths, a few deep breaths, because you've seen a student who's really acting out in class, there's nothing that you can do at that moment, just first relax, take a deep breath, okay? Before you do something that you may regret of doing, just take a few deep breaths and just think about how am I supposed to handle the situation properly and accurately? So a few minutes, uh, just a few seconds, take a deep breath and think of what you're going to do, okay? Now, this will help out a lot, okay? Now, she says if she gets upset, she never goes anywhere, okay? Um, she also says when you try to have a battle in class, you automatically lose as the teacher because you want to fight with your students having that argument, okay? So that is not necessary. That is not necessary at all, okay? That is not necessary, so don't do that. Now, that's a good approach, says Miss um, Kitt, who suggests developing proactive um, coping strategies to address stressful situations in advance. Um, a strategy may be counting, you know, to five. Um, like I said, deep breaths, visualizing a common place, 
okay? Or responding with a opposite action, like talking to a student quietly when you want to yell. That's not acceptable. So yeah, waiting until you're actually in a stressful situation means you're likely to overreact or to say or do something unhelpful that, like, like I said, that you may regret saying or doing, perhaps. Now, Ms. Kitt also recommends mapping out your school day and taking notes of the times of day you feel most stressful and then integrating scheduled coping strategies into your daily routine. Okay, now if you feel stressed when students start to lose focus midday, for example, guide your students in a quick group stretch, okay? And that's good right there. And some deep breathing to shift energy before getting back to work or going to a or going to a new topic, perhaps. Okay. So do this with your students. I encourage your educators to do that um, this school year when when one of your students are experiencing trauma. Okay. So do that. That that will um, help a lot. Now, also look at your schedule. If you see a stressful pattern, don't wait for it to happen. Okay. Don't wait to feel overwhelmed and stressed. Do something about it quickly. The most important part is customizing the strategy to meet your needs because your needs are very important as teachers, okay? They are very important, all right? Now, Ms. Garcia also applies this strategy when she's at home. She knows that after she puts her daughter to sleep, the worry for her students creeps in. So she makes sure to take time for things that she enjoys doing, like watching movies or playing video games, exercising, reading a book, cooking, whatever it may be, okay, that you enjoy, <clears throat> excuse me, that you enjoy doing, okay? Now, while many teachers say they don't have time for self-care, you actually do. You actually do because experts insist that it's necessary to develop long-term self-care practices and stick to them. Don't just, you know, for one week, you know, or for even one day or two days, you know, you, you're you on it, then you're just off. Stick with it, okay? Find something that best, <clears throat> excuse me, that best works for you, okay? Don't just, don't find something online, a self-care routine, that you don't like doing, you can add stuff in and you can take stuff out. Just find something that best works for you because every routine does not work for everyone, okay? It doesn't. So find something that best works for you. And if you find something that best works for you, that's good, that's fantastic. But if you also find something that you like doing, but you also want to maybe add in some stuff and then also take out some stuff, that's perfectly fine, that's fine. Just do something that you enjoy doing that, that makes you feel better in the inside, okay? So stick with them to build up your overall well-being and your resistance. Now these self-care activities could be going, you know, for a walk, reading, watching a movie, cooking, practicing mindfulness, exercising, or talking with a friend, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, okay, to you, whatever it is, find something, okay? Um, so 
So find something. The next thing I have is establishing coming home routines, rituals. I said routines. Establishing coming home rituals. I got changed on here on my notes. Um, so it can be hard to leave work at work. Okay, it, it's fine to leave work at work. You know your work that you're doing. You don't have to always bring it home with you. You don't have to always. But to address vigorous trauma, teachers need to create some clear boundaries between work and home life. Okay, because you can't stick them together. You cannot. You have to have a balance in between of your life. Okay, you have between your schedule. You have to have a, a balance. Now, part of that can be developing a ritual or you know a routine that that signifies the end of a workday, either before you head home or on your way home, or even if you're at home. Okay. Um, so for now, this is back to Sharina, um, this teacher here. For her, sometimes it's just as simple as turning off my work phone before I go into my house. And she hears the sound on her phone turning off and she knows that she knows that she's home. She's home. Okay. She knows that that she is at home. Now, after an emotional, difficult day, many teachers were right about their experience before they leave, you know, their day or sit down with a colleague, co-worker to help process it. Now, others organize their desks or perhaps create a to-do list for the next work day so they can let go of worry before heading home. Now, while driving home, teachers listen to audiobooks, or podcast, they either call a friend or sit in silence to decompress themselves. Just focus on yourself. Just you need to let it out, folks. You need to let it out. Okay. Now, a ritual could even be as simple as changing clothes or taking a bath once you get home. That would feel so amazing. What is will it? It ah. So amazing. Now for Ms. Garcia, it's about putting her daughter's needs first and making the most of the time that she has with her. Now, she says it's very easy to get overwhelmed and let the job consume you. But teaching is about balance. There you go. When she gets home, I try to just focus on my kids so she gets as much of me as she can. It's not always easy, but I have learned to put my life and my daughter's life first. That is what I'm talking about right there. Put your child first. Yes, that's good right there. You know, you know, set off your work side off for just a side. Okay. So that, ooh. So that is it, you guys. That is this episode. When students are traumatized, Teachers are too, okay? So I hope that this help out to whoever needs this, okay? I really hope so, um, especially to teachers and parents because at some point in your lives, at some point in your lives, your, 
your children, your students are going to experience trauma, um, physical, you know, mental well-beings, you know, they're going, they're going to feel all of this at some points in their lives. Trust me, they, they, they are. They really are. So we need to get to the bottom of it first. We, we, you have to see the signs of it. You have to see the signs of it, okay? So um, if you have, you guys, if you have, let me set this up here so I do not hold it. Um, um, if you have, you guys, any, and I believe there's a segment, um, a set, a segment of this I have on my podcast, but I'm going to just say it again for the ones who just tune off after that, uh, who, who tunes off, you know, once I finish, um, once I finish, you know, talking about the topic, you just cut off, you don't listen to the rest of it. Well, if you have any questions, you guys, any, any, you know, questions you want to ask me, stories to share with me, um, any, you know, you have reactions to the topics that I talk about, um, any feedback to make Daniel Talks education better, or jokes to tell me, you guys, um, topics that you want me to discuss on my podcast, or someone that you will like for me to interview or to have one or sign me of talking about what topic that you choose for me or what I'm going to talk about, please let me know, you guys, by the following information. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, by, mess by messaging me on Instagram and Twitter at DanielTalksEDU, on my Facebook page at Damien Talks Education, you can message me. There's a message button. There's a message button to where you can message me, and there's also an email button as well. You can email me your questions, your concerns, whatever to me at Damien Talks Education at gmail.com. Or you could also go to um, Anchor because. This is how my podcast is made by Anchor. I am partnered with Anchor. So you go to anchor.fm slash Damien Talks Education. And once you get on that page, you will see a message tab um, to where you can record whatever you want to be, your questions, your concerns, feedbacks, um, guest topics, guest topics, guest interviews, whatever topics that you want me to talk about. There's a button, there's a message tab tab there is a message tab to where where you click on that you can record your message to me i'll be able to hear your question i will be able to hear your voice i want to interact with you all i want to hear your voice what you have to say to me about how i'm doing a great job on this podcast if i am or if i'm not that's that's okay that's fine but i want to hear from you i, I want to hear your voice okay so do that. Uh, make sure to also follow and subscribe to Damien Talks Education if you haven't already. I'm available on all podcast platforms, you guys, on Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, of course, Overcast, um, TuneIn, Radio Public. I'm available everywhere. Whichever podcast that you listen to, whichever podcast platforms that you listen to your favorite podcast ads, Search in, in the search box, Damien Talks Education, search it up, 
Make sure you click, you know, follow. If it has follow or subscribe, make sure you follow it so you never miss future episodes of my podcast, which, which drops every Fridays. Okay. And then also subscribe to my YouTube channel because that is where all my podcast episodes, the, the video episodes, are available on my YouTube channel at Damien Talks Education Podcast. And make sure you guys click on your notification bell so you never miss future episodes. Okay, so that is a wrap for this episode. Um, hope that you enjoyed this episode here. Um, until next time, I will see you guys soon. Stay safe wherever you are out there in the world. Wash your hands, wear your mask, maintain six feet distance. And thanks for listening to Damien Talks Education. See you soon. Hello, everyone. Damian Anderson here. If you have a question, concerns about Damian Talks Education, stories to share with me, any feedback to share, reactions to the topics that I talk about, jokes to tell, or someone you will like for me to interview, please let me know by direct messaging me on Instagram and Twitter at DamianTalksEDU, on Facebook, at Damien Talks Education. You can email me at educationthoughtspodcast at gmail.com or send in a voice message to me by going to anchor.fm slash Damien Talks Education and make sure you click on the message tab to where you can record your questions into me. Thanks so much. <laughs>